Welcome to the Crunch Time Instagram Live Podcast, hosted by me, Benjamin Bullock. This podcast features nothing but real talk analysis and conversations about sports, entertainment, news, and much more. Now, strap in and buckle your seatbelts because it's time for Crunch Time. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode, episode five, actually, of the Crunch Time Instagram Live Podcast. Um, I'm on your host, Benjamin Bullock. Uh, thank you for joining me, man, on this Wednesday night. Here in the middle of August, I hope all is well with y'all across wherever you guys are in the world, in the country, or wherever you guys might be. Uh, So today's episode, we're going to focus on strictly music. We're going to be talking about the current state of hip-hop. I know we focused on sports the last four weeks, but we're going to do a little change of direction uh, this week. So um, so for my guest this week, I have the, uh, the, actually, Big Crick, who is my favorite uh, artist out right now. I have his DJ, uh, the Million Dollar DJ, DJ. DJ DiBiase, straight out of ATL, man, but he's actually based in Miami right now. I'm very excited about him. I'm going to pick his brain on what he think the current climate is of hip-hop right now, and also going to pick his brain on in regards to, you know, how it is to work with Big Crit. DiBiase. What's up, Ben? What's up, man? What's going on, G? Man, I was I was trying to get to the crib before 8, but... Uh, <laughs> it ain't going to work. The way this traffic in Miami is, I'm just going to do it out here in the parking lot, just make sure I'm good on both sides and everything like that. That's cool, bro. You living that life down in South Beach, boy. Hey, man, you know, I'm a big proponent in designing your life. You know, we all are directors in our own life, so make it something that you would want to watch. You dig? That's good, man, bro. How you holding up today, man? Everything good? God bless, man. You know, Wednesdays is water Wednesdays. I, that's when I hit that beach, you know, get refreshed, you know, uh, tap in with my soul and higher being and everything like that. Then I get back to the grind, you know what I mean? That's good, bro. That's good, bro. Now, recently, you just put out today, man, you're going to do an Instagram live mix of uh, UGK uh, tomorrow, man. I know you're excited about that. Yeah, that's a heavily requested mix. I actually did a UGK versus Outcast mix earlier on in the quarantine, but I didn't plan for this, you know. It was just stuff I was doing randomly. I didn't really plan for the whole uh, IG live mix yeah. thing to become a thing. So, you know, I, I shout out to my BDC crew. They always show love, and, uh, you know, they, they have some requests as artists that want me to feature, so UGK was definitely on the top of that list, you know what I mean? That's right, bro. I know I tune in every Sunday and every Thursday, man. You be doing What's your up? thing, man. We all tune in about a good 30, 40 because that being uh, faithfully, you know what I mean? Every every uh, every week, so I appreciate y'all. Yeah, no problem, man. So let's hop into this thing, man. So what do you think the current state of hip-hop is right now, considering we've been in this pandemic going on about six months now? Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's a... I feel like not even just with hip hop, just everything is just a reset, you know. Um, one of my favorite albums to listen to, or I guess quote unquote mixtapes, is Mailbox Money by, by Nipsey. Mm-hmm. And uh, one thing I liked about that mixtape when it came out, it came out at the top of the year. I think it was 2015. It was, right. You know, it was like a brand new year, brand new start. And a lot of this stuff he was talking about five years ago is kind of happening right now. He said, you know, literally in one of his songs, not even on some rap stuff, just on a skit. None of this right. skit, like, like the end of a song, the outro of a song saying, you know, all these big corporations and everything is going to crumble. And, you know, we're going to see a new gold rush as far as technology and, you know, mm-hmm. doing stuff online. So I feel like right now, because it was, it was started to become a little bit too easy for the music industry just to, all right, put it, make a TikTok dance to this song. You know, we play it enough, it goes on the radio, and then it, and then it you know, it becomes the best selling song of all time. Um, right now, people are really faced with some real trials and tribulations and they wanted something that's going to touch their soul um but also at the same time they want to forget about their problems so right. you know, with hip-hop right now the clubs are kind of 
pause, maybe not in Atlanta or other places, but here in Miami, they yeah. definitely are. You know what I'm saying? And it's kind of changed the way people are, you know, discovering music and vibing the music too. So I don't think it's kind of defined as far as like what the new state is, but it's, right. just, it's just, it's still trying to figure itself out. What do you think the biggest challenge is in regards to like artists and producers are trying to just try to adjust to what it is right now? Would it be like not having concerts and shows or what? It depends what kind of artist you are. I was just with Crit yesterday, actually, and we talked mm. about this. And um, you know, if you're not a if you're not an artist that actually has a core fan base that'll come out and spend money on a on a concert ticket and a meet and greet and merch and buy the album and everything like that, it's going to be hard for you because you know there's only so many times you can stream a song mm -hmm. and actually make some money. There's only so many times you can watch a video on YouTube. Um, but that core fan base, like. For example, Crit or you know anybody that J Cole, anybody that actually has true fans, right? Uh, or even Beyonce, somebody as big as that. You see what Beyonce did with her movie. Um, there's going to be ways for you to pivot and still capitalize by giving your art out, but also being able to receive monetary gain too as well. Right, right, right. So, what do you think of the national reaction? I know. Well, let me back a little bit. I know Meg Thee Stallion is really taking advantage of the pandemic and quarantine. She's just been pumping out heat, hit after hit or whatever, but. This, so the video she just dropped with Cardi B has been the kind of hottest thing everybody's talking about now, right now. So what do you think about the national reaction that that's getting right now? I'll keep it real with you. I, I just watched the video because, uh, you know, I guess behind the scenes stuff, I, I did get prepped with some of these questions. But <laughs> I, had to, I, I hadn't watched the video, so I had to watch it just so I had an opinion on it. So when you asked me that today, yeah. um, honestly, I thought the video was cool, man. Like, you know, the Alice in Wonderland theme, you know, just from an artistic point of view. Um, I guess living in Miami and growing up in Atlanta, I've seen way worse in real life. Yeah. But, you know, you got to understand, Cardi B is on that level of, you know, she might not be on Beyonce's level, but Cardi B is, is probably the biggest rapper in, in hip-hop right now. Right. And, you know, she's going to be on the Ellen DeGeneres show. You know, grandmothers are going to know who Cardi B is. So, when that's the case, kids are going to know who Cardi B is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's so much, so much stuff that's censored on YouTube that's, you know, you know, mind fruit and everything like that, that you have to have the consent to watch. But you can watch Cardi B and uh, Megan Thee Stallion, you know, popping it uh, without any type of, uh, without any type of um, rental advisory or anything like that. But as far as music goes, you know, it's freedom of speech. You can say what you want, but it goes both ways if you don't like what's being said, you know? Right, right. Why do you think uh, Cardi B is the hottest rapper out right now? I mean, just as I'm not, not hottest as in like my opinion, like she makes the best music. Yeah, I'm just, just talking. I'm just talking about as far as like the way I look at it, like this. Like you know, Nicki was hot for a very long time, but the, the one reason why Nicki kind of failed and fell off, she never reached back, especially to the female artists, female right. rappers, especially. Cardi, she come on. She's very transparent. She'll get on Instagram Live or Instagram period bare face beginning of the morning without no makeup, anything like that. And people really appreciate that, especially the younger generation. Right. They don't, they don't want to see Nicki Minaj who, um, you know, everything has to be perfect and every, you know, hair and everything like that. Cardi B is real right. to a lot of people. And they like how she, what, she, what she represents. She's flawed. She's not perfect. She admits that she's had work done. She's not out here trying to, you know, act like somebody she's not. I think people are attracted to that. So then when the music comes on, you know, it's just kind of like, hey, this is fun and it's, she's entertaining. And, you know, that's at the end of the day, she's entertaining, right? That's what makes her hot. Right. I like that, man. I like that. I think, you know, Cardi, I mean, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of Cardi, but I definitely see what she's saying, man. She does a good job of taking advantage of the moment and just kind of galvanizing and encouraging her fans 
kind of just get her in tune to whatever she's got going on. Exactly. She knows how to uh, capitalize on stuff and brands love that. She's, you know, she's also a different lane as far as, you know, her coming from a, uh, a Latinx background and everything. Mm -hmm. And that's a big part, part of this population. Shout out to my boy Sig up in here, uh, who's Mexican, Mexican and Italian. But, um, you know, that's that's a huge part of this uh, population that's getting touched, you know, by her music and, you know, somebody that they can relate to or whatever the case may be. So, you know, from a business side, she's, she's, she's touching, uh, she's putting paint where they ain't, so to speak. Yep, yep. This is DJ DiBiase, the million dollar, the million dollar DJ straight out of ATL based in, in Miami. Go ahead and drop your questions right in the comment section if you have any questions for him. So let's get to my favorite part of this interview, man. What's it like to work with our country cousin, Big Crip, bro, Justin Scott? Yeah, man, I've been working with Crit now for seven years. We were just talking about this yesterday, too. We were talking about some, some uh, tour stories and, you know, stuff that's happened because we've done so many shows and everything. I kind of kind of don't really remember stuff until it comes back up. But, you know, working with Crit has been a blessing. You know, uh, shout out to Crit's original DJ, Wally Sparks. Um, I was really just a fan of Crip, like everybody else. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I remember I got the call like 2 a.m. on a Thursday night. I just happened to be up and uh, they said, hey, you know, we're looking for a new DJ. Uh, would you want to do it? I'm like, uh, you know, yeah. I, I like <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yeah. um, ever since then, you know, it wasn't like something that I had to learn the music or, you know, study, you know, what it, what it was. Like, I'm like, uh, you know, this is the artist who I listen to almost on the daily. So. You know, big shout out to the whole team and everything like that. But, uh, you know, working with Crit, because I don't just DJ for him, I'm the music director too. So when, right. you, when you're watching the show and why this song came after this song or why did these songs get picked, you know, it's a collaborative effort between Crit and I. But, um, you know, that's something I take pride into as well. That kind of leads me to my next question, man, about you being the music director. Uh, what's, talk, walk me through how y'all put together a track list for shows and concerts and all that. Well, basically it starts, you know, before we even touch any turntables or mics or anything like that, we kind of get an idea of, uh, before I come in, get the stage set up, whatever it's, it's going to be like a LED lights or props or whatever the case may be, and then we kind of build around what it looks like visually. Mm -hmm. It what the audio is going to be, and also what the videos that are going to be with the uh, songs and everything like that. So, you know, I always try to figure out how we're going to start and how we're going to finish, Yeah. what we're, we're going to come out to, and what we're going to walk off to. And then everything else kind of just comes in in between that. You know, of course, we want to do older records that people, you know, might have grew up on or yep. the nostalgic stuff. But we also want to bring the new stuff to as well. Because Chris, not just, he's, he's, he's still young. You know, he's not a 40-year-old right. uh, or 50-year-old out here. He's still putting out music. And we still want to, you know, we still have new fans coming in. And I love being at the meeting groups because it'll be a fan that'll be like, oh, this is my 20th show I've seen of you. Yeah. And then I'll be another fan saying, this is my first show I ever I've seen of you. And just having that dynamic between somebody that just found out about Crip from, you know, the last album to somebody that's been rocking with him since his big tapes. Um, right. You know, it, it, we have to cover a large ground just to make sure everyone is satisfied at the show. You did. Yeah. Yeah, I know when I was in Philly, I checked out the Catalatica tour in 2014. And I had the, you know, the backstage pass or whatever came out. And I took a picture with him or whatever. And he didn't do Dreaming, which is like my favorite song by him. Yeah. I was like, bro, why you ain't do dreams? Like, bro, my catalog is too large, bro. I can't fit everything in. Yeah, it, it's it's amazing. I, actually, you know, it's one thing to say that, but then uh, shout out to some of my VDC fans up in here. So one of the first mixes I actually did once this quarantine started was a crit mix. Right. And um, 
you know, I'm putting the set together. I'm like, okay, yeah, I might do like an hour and a half, two hours. I literally was up there for maybe like four or five hours, and I didn't <laughs> get through. I didn't even get through all. I didn't even get through. I probably got through seventy percent of the catalog. You know what right. I'm saying? This man's got a lot of music, a lot of quality music. It's not just filler stuff like you know, two piano keynotes and stuff like that. He, yeah. he really puts his all into it, and then he's writing all his own stuff. He's producing his own stuff. He's you know doing the hooks and the verses and everything. It's not like he's got a ton of features all over all the records and everything. Right. So, uh, shout out to all my VDC crew here, Miss Black Q. Yeah, they all in here. We all in here. Yeah. Yeah, man. So uh, Walker Flock, he actually was on Noriega's. Uh, podcast, I believe it was a couple of weeks ago, and he actually said Crit was the uh, was the Nas of the South. Man, I thought he was pretty much right on point with that. What you think? I mean, it's a great it's a great uh, comparison. Um, you know, especially how they both came out. Nas came out, you know, first album out, no major guest appearances. Same thing with Crit, um, held it down on his own. But you know, Nas doesn't produce his own music. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that's why I feel like Crit is in his lane of his own because. A lot of people forget or sleep on the fact that this man is making a majority of his beats. Like, only the last couple of albums, I would say, speaking of, like, Catalogica, let's talk about Catalogica. From then on, like, have you started to hear a little bit more outside production? But mm-hmm. you got to think of all the bodies of work prior to that that really got people talking and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all his production, you know? Right. Nas is one of my favorite MCs of all time, but, you know, comparing Nas to Crit from a lyricist's point of view and just, you know, giving you that point of view of somebody that's from uh, just bringing you into their environment, like how Nas did with Queensbridge and how Crit did uh, with Mississippi. If, you, if you've never been there, if you've never been from there, it could put you in that mindset if you just close your eyes and just listen to the lyrics and the music. So I do agree with it from that point of view. Yeah. That's cool, man. I, get, I got a couple more questions for you. If y'all have any questions for DBS, go and drop it in the comment section. Uh, we got about two or three more. Yep, yeah, go ahead and drop that right there. Um, so I know a big thing everybody's been paying attention to, and you kind of piggybacked off a little bit, man, has been this whole versus thing that uh, Timberland and Swiss Beast is doing. You know, what's a matchup you would like to see, man? Hmm. That's a really good question. I still want to see the UGK versus uh, Ball and G that they were talking about. Actually, <laughs> I want to see I want to see that one, and I want to see the Bone Thugs. And 3-6? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened. Like, it was all, like, Bone and uh, 3-6, Paul was about to do it on their own, and then Versus stepped in and said, hold on, you know, let's do it the official way, and then it never happened. Mm-hmm. But uh, I want to see some more, like, you know, crew stuff. I want to see some more down south representation. Um, right. I, know, I know they did change the Ross, you know what I'm saying? But some of that, like, good 90s, early 2000s, you know what I'm saying? Um, I want to see that. Yeah, I will, I will, I will, I'm, a, I'm a huge 3-6 fan. That's kind of the reason why I like Chris so much, man, because he's a bland for all the south legends. You know what I mean? I came up before, like before we, I, I came up or whatever when I was younger, and that's what the reason why I like him. But I think three six gonna wash uh, Bone Thugs with no problem, bro. It won't even be a contest. Yeah, I mean, it, it would have been it, the reason why I really wanted to see it because they actually had beef back in the day, mm-hmm. and you know, as far as that whole triplet flow and everything like yeah. that, it just would have been great to kind of see that. Plus, you know, us being from the South, where are you from? Chicago and Delaware. Okay. okay. Well, being from the South, you know, three six mafia. You know, it was it. You know what I mean. But right. own had such a reach from not just the Midwest, but also all the way out to the West Coast because they were signed to Ruthless with Easy. Right. And so you know, a lot of people, if you go out to L.A. and everything like that, talk about Three Six Mafia, you might find a fan or something like that here and there. But if you're gonna talk about groups and stuff that aren't mm-hmm. from L.A., 
especially the Chicano community, Mexicans and stuff like that, they love some three six. I mean, some uh, bone thugs. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like it's crazy, mm-hmm. but uh, that's why I feel like just from a nationwide, because a lot of these, a lot of these uh, verses have been washes, man. Like I feel like uh, a lot of them have been real mismatched. They've been entertaining to watch, but they've been exactly. Like the Luda, like the Luda and Nelly one made absolutely no sense to me, bro. When Nelly played, he played a song. He played two songs. I was like, "What the hell?" You know, he played. He played a, a remix with no. He played a song with Akon that ain't nobody ever heard. And then he played the remix to I think like Rock the Mic with Freeway. Yeah, yeah, Freeway. Like yeah. everyone was like, I didn't even know there was a remix to this. But he, he didn't even play Batter Up, bro. He didn't even play Batter Up. He didn't play Batter Up. He didn't play Number One. He didn't play uh, Loving Me. He didn't play. Oh he yeah, Lovin' Me is my favorite, bro. <laughs> yeah, like, like he didn't play a lot of stuff he had, but um, yeah, I, it was still entertaining though. That was one of the more entertaining ones for sure. Cool, cool. All right, I got one question from you from my man Freddie out here in Dallas. It's a uh, big crit related. He says, "You think Crit gets the mainstream credit he deserves? If not, why?" Uh, no, he doesn't. I think that's obvious. Um, he doesn't, and why is just because he's not, um, you know, he's not a, a microwave artist. Right. He's not somebody that you're just going to be able to put a tagline up and be like, oh, okay, that's what that is. And, you know, that's what that is and and, and what it only is. Crit is a very introspective artist that has multiple multiple sides. Like, if you just Mm -hmm. heard country shit, you would think like, oh, well, that's what kind of artist he is. Right. If you just heard Dreaming or The Vent, oh, well, that's the only kind of artist he is. Crit has music for every single part of your day from... Mm -hmm. Maybe if you started listening to Crit in, in high school, you got music for that, to college, to post Strip clubs, money on the floor. All that, you know what I'm saying? And a lot, yeah. of, a lot, of, a lot of artists can't do that. They just kind of pick one sound and stick with it. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris not like that. Plus, you know, he drops the, the real stuff. He doesn't drop the, uh, the stuff that, you know, um, the politics. He doesn't play the politics game as far as, just, you know, putting BS out here so kids aren't learning or whatever the case may be. He actually drops knowledge and insight. Right. And, you know, when any, anytime that's going on, they, they only allow one person at a time. And then, you know, they don't allow a whole core of people to come like come out like that. But I can't even blame mainstream anymore because we have the power with this thing I'm holding right now, this phone. Mm-hmm. You know, you, are, you have the responsibility to figure out what you want in your music, what, what content you want, what you want visually, what you want to stimulate you. You have the access to do that. There's, there is right. no, oh, I can't find this or the radio's not playing it's on you if you can work right. a netflix account you can work a you can you can figure out how to find an artist that you're gonna like to right right dude be awesome man it's been great bro before i let you go man uh, uh plug your uh seasoning bro you're going hard with that thing man oh yeah that's really what um you know that's really what i've been doing a lot it's been nice to talk music because i haven't talked music in a minute but UncleDibs.com. all right so listen UncleDibs.com or uncle dibs is my seasoning line I have three seasonings out right now. My Texas Steak Rub, my uh, Atlanta Lemon Pepper Hot, which is going crazy, doing numbers, and then my Straight Drop Rub, which is your all-purpose seasoning. You can, you can put on anything from seafood to veggies. Shout out my boy Kerosene up in here. He just sent me a picture of him making some cauliflower hot, hot wings or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's not just, you know, for you to pick out on and everything like that. You can, you can throw it on your veggies and everything. So UncleDibs.com, that's the movement I'm telling you. Black-owned. 100% organic, uh, no GMOs, no preservatives. Mm-hmm. A lot of the, a lot of the seasonings that you buy at the store, it'd be like a little bit of, of, of what they say that you're getting, 
and then a right. lot of preservatives to fill it out so that it can you know flow out the bottle better and stuff like that but if you look at the label you see what's on it it's not stuff that you have at home so why you put it exactly. in your bottle? so exactly. everything is everything is 100% organic I ship nationwide I've shipped all the way to Australia Saudi Arabia so I can definitely ship it to you UncleDibs.com all right Awesome, bro. All right. Hey, Miss Black had a question for you. My bad, Miss Black. Let me drop this thing for you real quick, man. Uh, uh, since Chris, since Chris, ten year, ten years, monumental, man. Uh, are there plans for a tour or a concert in the works still, despite you know whatever happens with COVID down the road? Yeah, we uh we were just talking about that. Crit and I were just talking about that yesterday. Um, and and as far as just some plans in the future and everything like that. So I'm gonna let him tell y'all before I say. It. Uh, <laughs> but you know. It, this, this is this whole pandemic and you know everything being shut down one of the hardest things has been the canceling of shows canceling of tours not being able to reach the fans in person um but we want to be able to do that in some type of way but also keep things safe at the at the same time so Absolutely. everyone just keep supporting and keep your ear out whether it be on my uh, page crit's page uh shout out to team big crit dutch whoever um and we're definitely gonna have some things lined up soon sooner than you think shout out to my people up here i don't want to i don't want to forget them but uh clay james my boy clay james kerosene miss black everybody break them off everybody mm -hmm. that's up in here um bull everybody man i appreciate you uh brown sugar everybody i appreciate y'all vdc tomorrow ugk mix thursday 10 p.m eastern uh bring your cups you <laughs> know do bring your requests cigars Cigars, all that. Okay, we're gonna, we might be even going all night. It's gonna be a trill Thursday night. All right. Yes, sir, bro. Appreciate you, man. We'll talk later. Okay. All right, man. Peace. I right, man. Appreciate you. One love. Mm -hmm.